When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now, happy Monday. Welcome to a brand new week of After 9. We are on the march to the long weekend. (laughs) It's a Monday and it started off with rain. Good day for Mimosa Day and Barbecue Day. Ah, you know... (laughs) I, th- I honestly thought that the calendar was off by a day, but no, that's just the way it works. Yeah. Why can we do it like the first or second or third or whatever you want to make it Saturday or Sunday of the month? Nope. It's got to be on a Monday. Hey, maybe that's inspirational to some people, though. I know you follow the, the daily calendar when you can, right? Mm-hmm. So I know there's other people that will do it, too. So maybe that will turn your Monday around if you're not a fan of Mondays. You know, buy yourself some nice meat on the way home or veggie burgers or whatever you like to uh, asparagus, potatoes, whatever you like to barbecue. Pick it up, barbecue yourself something, and then just go ahead and guzzle a mimosa right after. Oh, that's nasty. You want barbecue sauce, champagne, and orange juice in your system all at once? No, after. That's why I said after. Then guzzle a mimosa. Come on. I'm not a fucking animal. (laughs) (laughs) We we went through a really rough weekend. I mean, despite it being absolutely picture-perfect outside, leaves are out. It sucks. You know, I don't know if I'm just too into this team, but I honestly thought they were going to win. I thought the gods that look after sports were just going to make it happen. They would find a way for the Leafs to make it to the second round. I truly thought this was their year and some sort of higher power was going to guide them through. I did not believe until that horn went that it was even possible that they were not going to win game seven. And they lost game seven. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It always sucks. I don't know. I'm so used to it, though. I'm so numb to it that I'm just like, oh, it's kind of like comical in a way. And I started to actually like laugh out loud toward the end of the third period. You know, the moment that you know you're fucked, like they pulled the goalie and you knew, uh, okay, uh, that's probably hard for for everybody to see who's a Leafs fan toward the end of that game. But I just couldn't help but like laugh because I'm like, again, here we are. My husband did not like that I was laughing so much. But it's just like for me, I don't know. You got to almost find humor in it or else you just want to stop watching. And I know a lot of people that just gave up on the team, like completely just stopped watching now. They're just like become fans of another team, which I don't get personally, just because it's like if you like the team, that's fine. Like it or stop watching it if it gives you too much stress and anxiety, because some people really take it very personally. I mean, I didn't take it personally. The frustration is definitely there. They're 0-10 in their last 10 elimination games, and that's deplorable. However, I just feel like they're so much better than what we get. I mean, any other team. If you put Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, John Tavares, and all-star goalie Jack Campbell on that team, they're going further than the first round. But for whatever reason, whatever it is about wearing that blue and white jersey... It screws them. Curse? I don't know anymore. I would have thought that was stupid. But here we are. They keep losing. They keep finding ways to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. And I don't get it. But God, it sucks. I just want a championship. Actually, I wanted the second round this year. 
championship, that's a stretch goal. That's long term. Well, that would have been equal to it, honestly, in my opinion. If you get to the second round, that's a big celebration right there for a lot of fans. Just knowing that that cursor, that cloud is away from the Leafs for this year, at least, that would have been nice. But here we are. So two things. Would you make any substantial changes? Because a lot of people feel Mm. one of the starting four is gone. Well, one of the main four, probably Tavares. See, and I've heard Nylander. I've heard probably Nylander. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I'm not going to tell you they should do anything. I I don't know. I couldn't begin to say what they should do. I I wouldn't be in that scenario ever to have my opinion asked. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. Obviously, they're not quite there. And maybe it's chalked down to a little more experience needed. Maybe it is one person, right? Maybe it's one literally one puzzle piece that's missing. And if they make that swap, it's going to make that's going to make them the championship worthy team. I don't know. And what's it going to take to get a few more Canadian teams? Because there's two Canadian teams left in the run for the cup and they're both playing each other. So the good news is there will be a Canadian team off to the third round, but there's only going to be one. Edmonton plays Calgary. And the way Calgary won last night was incredible. If you're one of our amazing listeners from Alberta, holy shit. The Battle of Alberta just got put on steroids. Mm -hmm. Playoff hockey, second round. Winner goes on to the conference championship. That's going to be nuts. So enjoy a very busy end of May out in Alberta. Uh, lots to do here today, Kat. I want to talk about careers and I want to talk about what's going to happen tonight. And, uh, I'll just quickly mention what happened in Buffalo yesterday made me actually sick to my stomach. At first I thought this was another mass shooting and I thought, okay, another person who has a gun that shouldn't have a gun. And that is certainly the case. This is someone who had a gun that shouldn't have a gun, Mm -hmm. but it's an 18 year old who walked into a Grocery store. It was a Tops, right? A Tops friendly market. Correct. It was a Tops, yeah. Walks in, shoots 10 people. Buffalo's police commissioner says the suspect appeared on their radar last year after he threatened to carry out a shooting around the time of graduation. Buffalo's mayor, Brian Brown, says the suspect arrived in the area a day in advance. This was well planned. His express purpose was to kill as many black people as possible, according to the mayor. How is it even possible that you end up on police radar because you have threatened to shoot up a school and you are still able to buy a gun? America, I know that you guys like your gun rights and and I get it and I respect it and I understand that you have a constitution and and that's part of it. You have the right to bear arms, whatever. (laughs) This is unacceptable. Someone who has been sent for mental health treatment, someone who has threatened to use a gun in a violent way should have never had access to a gun. How did that happen? Your system's got too many holes in it and you need to fix that. You really do. Our system here isn't perfect, but it's so much more secure than what you guys are doing there where just about anybody can order a fully automatic and modified weapon online. Or they can go into a gun show or a store and buy it right away. First and foremost... The Constitution was from the 1700s. This is a something that should not even be here. I am like it's shocking to me that this still happens when people bring up the Constitution. It fucking boils my butt, my blood, because you're talking about something that was in place long before a it was even that accessible to get all of these guns. You're talking about automatic weapons being available so frequently and and easy to obtain, even for someone who has a history. It's just fucked up to me 
that were going off of something that happened when you could, I don't even know what they had back in that time, but I'm telling you, you muskets mainly, you wouldn't be able to kill that many people. It's not the same world. We're not living in that world anymore. Why does that even matter? I, it, it bothers me so much. It bothers me so much because that's how shit like this happens when people, well, there's my constitutional rights. What the fuck does that even mean? We're not living in that world. And it's unfortunate we're still living in a world where we have these racist son of a bitches able to get firearms and hurt people, innocent people with families. And they've got children and they have, you know, parents and that are now have don't have a family member because of these this situation. It's sick to me. Is there anything more normal than getting up on a Saturday morning and going to do your groceries? And that's all those 10 people were doing. They just got up. They probably wanted to get their groceries done, get home and enjoy a beautiful Saturday afternoon. And they're never coming home. And it's because of shitheads like this. I am glad they caught him alive. I'd like to know more. And I hate the thought of subsidizing this piece of shit. Uh, living his life forever because there is no death penalty in New York. But I, 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 I want to know what went wrong here. What was going through his head? How did this happen? And maybe we can learn something through the investigation. Uh, two mass shootings in one weekend in America. The other one was at a Southern California church. This gunman killed one person and shot five others. But it could have been a hell of a lot worse. The congregants jumped in, tackled the fucking guy. I heard about this. And then they hogtied him with an extension cord that they found in the church. I love it. Not everybody knows how to hogtie something. So some, these people knew what they were doing and I like it. I like it when the, this sort of thing happens. I hate that anybody got shot or that anybody even thought of shooting other people. But the fact that they caught him, they hogtied him, probably roughed him up a little bit before the cops arrived. Mm -hmm. Good. Very good. And he's another one who did live, and we'll learn a little bit more about him tonight. Uh, this In the coming days, sorry. Uh, let's move on. Let's get to a couple other things. And Ooh, Close to home, we should mention, too, um, I think most people who followed the story of the Brampton family that was hit, the driver, yes. right, of that woman and her, and her three young children that were killed, uh, get sentenced today. And I'm curious to keep an eye on that. We will. Maybe we'll discuss that tomorrow. But just so you know, that sentencing is set to happen. I I don't know what he's going to get, obviously, but I do know that it won't be enough because, and once again, we don't have a justice system in Ontario or in Canada. We've got an election campaign on. This would be a great time when these people come to your door asking for your vote to ask them how they feel about crime and punishment and what they're willing to do to further that agenda. And it's just devastating that this, the family of that woman and her three children has been completely gutted, scarred for life. All because this person mm-hmm. did something stupid. And he probably won't get what amounts to justice. And that's unfortunate. But let's switch gears here. Let's get into something a little more fun. This guy is basically asking if he's an asshole. I like it. Let's go. What did, what did he do? <laughs> he has refused to invite his wife to his best friend's birthday party. Because he would have to babysit her all night. Which would stop him from having a good time. He's 37 years old, and he explains on Reddit that his wife has never met his friend because they only bonded after he started a new job about a year ago. And she wouldn't know anybody else at the party either. So he he decided it was best to just not invite her. But his wife, who's a stay-at-home mom to their two kids, is hurt by the decision to make her stay home 
because she now feels like a burden, especially as she already spends so much time at home with their kids. Uh, People on Reddit, by the way, they think this is ridiculous. He should take his wife to the party. Mm -hmm. And I get it. Sure. Yeah. She stays home all the time. She wants to go out, too. Is this the right thing to take her to? Because I kind of see where he's coming from. Listen, and hear me out on this because I know you're thinking, oh, he's going to turn into an asshole here. I'm going to try and not, but I actually feel like if she goes to this, she's not going to know anybody. As apparently she is not very much fun to begin with, so she's not exactly a a social butterfly. It's going to be awkward for her, which is going to pull him back because he's going to feel the need to stay with her. And maybe everybody would be a little more comfortable in their respective spots. He goes to the party with his friend that she doesn't even know. She won't know anybody there, really. She stays home that night. They make an agreement to go out and do something fun together another time. Not very fun and boring. Is that really how you want your significant other, your spouse, your partner to reference you as? Oh, not very fun. Kind of boring. Look, I know there's people that are a little less social. I actually have a lot of friends, for example, that, you know, they say opposites attract. And maybe that's the case for them where you have one very outgoing person Loves to go out, parties, can make friends with anyone just about anywhere, or at least have conversation, enjoys going to weddings, enjoys going to their you know office Christmas parties, etc., and has a partner that just doesn't like it. The invite isn't even there for her. That's my problem. It's not that I'm not hearing him say, well, she'll say no to me anyway, so I didn't bother. That's not the issue here. The issue is I don't want to bring her. Using terms like babysit, I have to babysit my partner. This is where I have a lot of issue. It's not the fact that we know one person in the relationship may not want to go. And by the way, we need to normalize more of that. If you don't feel like going and your partner does, it's okay to go your separate ways for that evening, for example. As long as this isn't a constant occurrence that happens like four to five times a week where this person's out all the time leaving their partner at home. But if there's the occasional wedding, Christmas party, birthday party, and you're just not the type that is interested in socializing, maybe it's the crowd, maybe you have anxiety, maybe you just like straight up find it awkward, whatever it is, we should definitely normalize it's okay to go your separate ways. And yes, I have a partner. They're at home right now. They don't like being out. Cool. I think that's fine. You know, when I've seen it before, and I, I, I personally think it's been normalized in my circles where it's like, oh, is your husband coming? No, not. Okay, cool. Not tonight. Not feeling it. Cool. I think it's totally fine. But when you use terms like they're boring, I don't want to bring them. I feel like I'm going to have to babysit them. What the fuck? And they want the invite. It's not like this person didn't want an invite. The invite needs to be there, in my opinion. Or what are you doing with that person? Calling them boring? I'm then what what then what tell me what you do love about them. I'm confused. I'm boring. I can accept that. If my girlfriend invited me to go to one of her boring work functions, I would think, no fucking way do I want to go to that. This, that would be a blessing for me. If she said, you know what? You're not going to know anybody there. And it's not really the right party for you. You, you stay home and I'll go to the party. I'd be totally fine but with that. But you see the difference is that she wants an invite. There's the difference. And she's not getting it. And he's come going out of his way to say why I'm not giving her an invite. But why do we That's have different. to invite our partner to everything? Some events aren't for everybody. 
Well, in this particular case, why she never really mingled that much with his friends? I mean, that can be a red flag all on its own, too. Yeah, I did wonder about that. So the impression I get is that he started this job during the pandemic and there hasn't been a lot of social opportunities. Sure, understandable. So she hasn't been to any functions and she doesn't know this guy. It is a little weird that it's his best friend now after a year of just working together. But hey, maybe they just clicked and that's fine. I would love to think that there's nothing else going on here other than what he said. Take it at face value. Yeah, she's not going to know anybody. She's not a very social person to begin with. Uh, I want to go to the party and celebrate my best friend's birthday. And she's just going to want to sit in the corner and and give people cut eye when they uh, (laughs) drop food and don't pick it up or whatever. You know how parties go. Maybe she's just not the house party kind of person. And that's fine. Not everybody is. Me personally, certain th- things I love going to, others, not my jam. Yeah, I mean, let us know. We, we did hear from a lot of people who are more so the don't invite me, I don't want to go. But again, that's the difference for me is this, she kind of wants an invite. She wouldn't mind going. To know that your partner thinks you're boring and they'd have to babysit you all night, <laughs> that's a fucking problem to me. Like, I don't like that. What if she was a drunk and an obnoxious drunk and he's not going to bring her because, well, there's going to be booze there. A lot of people are going to be partying and as soon as she... Gets a little bit of champagne in her, boom, out comes her yeah. alter ego. Would that be an acceptable reason Again, to leave her home? That's going to be a different, whole different conversation. I mean, if you've got a problem, you've got a problem. And that's something that you should definitely speak to your partner about if you believe they have that problem. And I'm, we've all seen that too, right? We're like, oh, fuck it, I got loaded again. And their, <laughs> and their partner, right? And their partner's just there like, okay, come on, it's time to go home. It's time to go home. Imagine doing that time after time after time. That's happened before too, but that's a different discussion. And yeah, absolutely, you wouldn't want that person around if that's the issue. That's but, cat and I at every you, function we've ever <laughs> attended together. Ah, fuck, he's drunk again. <laughs> Whoever the DD is, I was like, can we fucking go, please? <laughs> Let's go. (laughs) No, you don't need another drink. Let's go. (laughs) But when I say I need another drink, I'm not lying to you. I need one more drink and then we can go. Anyone for the road. (laughs) 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 Take this bottle of water and put it in your purse. Uh, While we're talking couples, let's do this story too. A retired Indian couple are suing their son and daughter-in-law, demanding that the couple produce a grandchild. Oh, and, they've got, and they've got a year to do it. Oh, no. Or they're going to pay 50 million rupees or roughly 675,000 U.S. dollars. Sanjeev Ranjan Prasad is a 61-year-old retired government officer. He says it was emotional. And sensitive for him and his wife, Sadhana, to bring up. But they had to because they just can't wait any longer. You see, their son is a pilot. He married his wife six years ago. Here's what they say. We want a grandson or a granddaughter within a year or compensation. I spent my life's earnings on my son's education. His pilot training in the U.S. The main issue is that at this age, we need a grandchild because these people, my son and daughter-in-law, have an attitude that they don't think about us. We got him married in the hope he would have the pleasure, we would have the pleasure of becoming grandparents. It's been six years and still no grandchild. Hmm. 
It feels despite having everything, we have nothing. Mm. The court accepted their petition. It's actually going to go to court. I'd love to hear more from the judge on how he felt that this was okay. Uh. Okay, so if we can get one thing out of the way real quick, it's that, and I know because when we mentioned this, we got a, a lot of messages this morning on our on our radio show about it being a cultural thing. Okay, fine. So let's just remove that from the whole scenario, though. For me, in life, in general, it is so extremely selfish to basically feel as though because you brought this person into the world, your son, your daughter, whatever it is, you should be dictating what they do or they should feel so privileged as to give you these gifts. And I mean everything from where they should be going to school, who they should be marrying, where they should be living, and if they should be having children. It just sickens me that there are people out there, regardless of the culture, we all know there's people out there that do this, that nag and get upset and angry. I need a grandchild. I want this. And before that, it was, you got to go to school for that. No, no kid of mine is going to do this for a living. And you got to get married. And no, you got to have a big, stop dictating your child's life. You need to learn that you brought someone into the world, teach them all the good things that need to be taught, make them a good person and let them decide for themselves what they want. It so sickens me when I see shit like this, not to this extent. I mean, you'd never see this kind of a lawsuit here in Canada, for example, but it, it is one of my biggest pet peeves in life when people automatically feel the need to dictate their child's life, put them on the right path. Make them a good person, educate them, absolutely, but let them choose their path in life or else it's going to be a big problem later on in life. They will, you're going to, you won't be shocked to learn that most of them will move far away from you for those reasons or purposely do things to spite you. It just bothers me. So shit like this bugs me. I know it's on a different side of the world. Maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe not. But I know a lot of people that feel the need to have a talk with their their daughter or son or whatever for these reasons. And of course, there's also the whole other situation of perhaps they can't have children. What then? Are you disappointed? Are you wondering why they're not going to undergo all the treatments necessary? Why she, which by the way, this is the son that that they're talking about. So it's the daughter-in-law. Why aren't you putting your body through all these treatments, lady? Why aren't you doing this? Because it's my fucking body and I'll do what I want with it. It just irritates me to no end. I would stop talking to them. I would completely cut them off and move as far away as possible. Hmm. I mean, it's a bizarre thing that the court's even going to hear this. And I have to think the court would never order a woman to have a child. But I'm wondering if they would actually order the couple to repay the money they spent on his education in lieu of the grandkid that they're not delivering. Oh, that's so fucked up. That's so fucked up to me. I only like, I only gave you that money in education in the hopes you have a kid one day and give me a grandchild. Listen to how selfish that is. You think you're being selfless, giving them money for something. If you have expectations that are coming from that, you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. And you probably shouldn't be, have been a parent in the first place. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. If I say, hey, let's go for a walk. What's your first question? If you say, hey, let's go for a walk, I'd say, where the hell are we going? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So that's probably the first question. Where? And the second question is probably, how far is it? How far are we going? Sure. I think a lot of people would want to know that if they got asked to go for a walk. Fair question. We've been tossing this around for generations. The term walking distance. But how far Ah. is walking distance? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I like it. This is a new poll. And it asks, what's the maximum distance you'd still consider walking distance? More than one in four said, if it's within 30 minutes, it's walking distance. Okay. See, I know just from being at work, I can be on my feet and walking around a lot longer than 30 minutes. I don't know why something being more than 30 minutes away would stop me, but they say 30 minutes. That was the most popular response. I like that answer. The exact same amount, though, said... If it's within 20 minutes, it's walking distance. Okay, all right. 17% said walking distance is within 15 minutes. 5% say they're only willing to walk five minutes. (laughs) If it's any longer, I'm taking the car. Well, if it's across the parking lot, we can walk. Anything else and we're going to drive. Wow. Although I think we all know somebody who would drive across a parking lot. Actually, I just did that yesterday. Is that bad? I was at the Walmart You're talking Plaza. about you. I know. <laughs> and it's funny because I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, ah, who can't walk 30 minutes? No, just yesterday I was at Walmart and I came out and I saw a, a subway across the parking lot and thought, maybe I'll get a six inch for lunch. And I drove over there. But in all fairness, it would have nice been a nice wa- day. Like, yes, I would. Be, I would find it totally excusable, by the way. If it was a shitty winter day, let's say it was a blizzard outside. You know what? Can't even fault you too much. It was a beautiful day yesterday. Walk. I know. I should have. But then I was thinking, but I don't have to carry the sub and ah, it'll get hot by the time. Carry I, the sub? I oh, just thought oh, it was easier. Less to, than one pound of it? Well, it's not what? like I had to go back to Walmart for anything. So I figured it'd be better to have my car where I was instead of having to walk across and walk back. You don't even I wear thought I was heels. thinking practically. You don't even wear heels. You don't even have that excuse. It's not, there's no excuses. You don't know what the fuck I do on Sundays. Oh, that's you true. Wait. That's fair. You just... That's fair. I don't know what you do. 4% though, say anything within an hour is walking distance. Now this is relevant because all you have to do is take a look at the gas station prices and maybe you're going to be walking a little more than you used to be. Can I say it also depends on what you are getting. Like, I mean, if you're going on a walk to a store to pick up several groceries, for example, and let's say you even have a cart, you, but you have your own cart and you bring, you know, people shuffle around with the cart. That's great. If you have that, maybe, but you have to know what you're carrying, what you might what you might uh, end up getting. See, that's my biggest thing is, well, I'm going for this. And I, the only thing I really have close enough in walking distance, which for me would probably be that 20 to 30 minute mark. I'm, I'm right with the, the average there. So I'd say up to 30 minutes. For, so for me, I have not one, but two corner stores. I have a, <laughs> I have a pot shop and I have like the dog groomer, for example, not, not too far from me. So if I'm going to any one of those, my only thing is, what if I end up buying more than that? What if I end up wanting to go pick up something else somewhere else? Can I carry it all? 
So that's what gets in my mind is like, oh, what if I bring more than what I think I'm going to bring home? Just in case. And you can't possibly restrain yourself to only stick within the things you I went for there for? I'm the worst. No. I, I mean, if you should see me at Costco. I'm going for one thing. and That'll be $500. What are you paying with? Visa or MasterCard? <laughs> you know, it happens. But I think that that's the only thing, too. If you are going for something that is small and you know you're going to get something small, or maybe it's not even for something, it's... I have to drop off a letter to the post office. I happen to have a Canada post not far from me. Let's go for a walk. Great. We should be doing that more often. And you're damn right with the prices of gas, Scott, because it's crazy right it's now. It's fucked up, it's right? So me- My eyes actually thought that they were deceiving me when I saw 208 this weekend at one point. And I looked up two. That's not right. That doesn't look right. You know, when you see something for the first time, that's just off. You know, something's wrong. That was my first instinct. Like something's wrong here. It I- is real life, though. Never in my life did I think it would get this bad. Over $2 a liter. The average price today in Southern Ontario is two oh eight nine. So just shy of $2.09 a liter. Some of the most expensive prices in North America, although not even the highest prices in Canada. The West Coast is just getting jammed. Sure. It's so bad. And, you know, I think back to that promise that Doug made. And it was a nice promise. Hey, we're going to cut some of the taxes on your gas. We have to. And, and if, after the election, we'll knock off was it 10 cents a liter? I think it was something around there. Yeah. Uh, They said they needed time for the industry to adjust. Mm -hmm. I'd say the industry's adjusted. The announcement was a month ago and it's still not expected to kick in for a month. Doug, I think people need some help here. You're going to cruise to a, a big victory here in June. Let's just assume the election's over and go ahead and pull the trigger. Now get the prices down. Cause when, when people are having to choose, do I really have to go to work or could I take a sick day today? Cause you know, just a couple more days until payday and then I can afford to fill up my car again, but I can't until then. It's not like we're talking about, it's going to cost you five bucks more on a fill yeah, up. Yeah. I mean, on a lot of the vehicles that are out there, we're talking like an extra hundred bucks to fill it. Well, I mean, and if they want to, if they want to be like, well, what about us? Look, there's a lot of people that would have spent, let's say May 2 for it. It's right around the corner, guys. Exciting stuff, right? There's a lot of people, families, whatever it might be, that plan to, to maybe do something, but have actually canceled their plans based on the price of gas because they're thinking, if I have to travel, and what does that do for our own economy, for tourism, travel and tourism in keeping it in Ontario, keeping it in Canada? There were people who are willing to drive to other places that are now saying... Shit, that's going to cost way too much money. You know what? Let's just stay home, not worry about it. Is that what you want? No. No. And it's not just the the uh, attractions and things like that. I mean, it's the the Airbnb rentals, the people that rely on that income and and to rent out their cottage for a couple of weeks in the summer. In some cases, that pays their mortgage for the year for that. There's a lot of people who are going to lose out because people just plain aren't going to drive. And I said Doug is just because he's the only one who apparently is willing to do something. But Justin, you could really help us out a lot here. And Canadians need help right now. If you care about your people, you really should look into this. We're paying excise taxes and HST and the list goes on and on and on. Couldn't you guys just uh, carbon taxes? Of course. How could I forget? Couldn't you guys just back off a little bit just until the prices regulate again Mm -hmm. and get back down to normal or yeah. Do you like this? Like, do you guys think that this is part of our plan to cut emissions is to make gas so expensive that people can't drive? Because I get if, if you live and work in a big city like downtown Toronto, OK, you could probably get by just on transit. But a lot of people don't have that option. They've got to drive. And when gas is like this, they're making choices like, well, 
do we put little little Susie in soccer this summer or little Timmy in baseball? Because yeah. we can't really afford those fees with yeah. gas this way. People are making decisions for the summer right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm worried that it's going to be the most vulnerable that are going to really suffer the consequences of this. I mean, if I woke up and had no money in the bank and an empty tank of gas and I couldn't come to work, okay, I can make that work from home. Not everybody can, and they've got to put gas in their car. They've got to put gas in their tractor to till those fields and things like that. And when prices are this high and no one seems to care, you can't blame people for being upset. Are there male jobs and female jobs, or is a job a job a job? Oh, yoy. I mean, whenever whenever this um, subject gets brought up, and you and I have talked about it a couple of times. Specifically, we were talking about trades, and that's the first thing I think of when you say female and male. And I also think of for female health care and um, child care and all those things. No, I mean, no. The answer is no. Of course, that there are occupations where you're going to find them more male-dominated and female-dominated. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure... That will ever change in some areas. But no, I don't believe that just because somebody wants to do a job, they they shouldn't do it or should feel like they can't do it because they're not a male or a female. My uh, pool opened up on Saturday and the crew that came, two women, one man. Oh, right on. I've never seen I've never seen a woman on one of those pool opening crews before, period. It's never happened to me. But I had two of them this time around. And let me tell you. Whereas typically the crews come and they just open the pool, blah, 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 do this, do that, put stuff away, uh, power wash your deck and get the pump going and take off. (laughs) These girls, women, ladies, actually took the time to explain to me what's going on. They were like, okay, cool. So you see here on your pump, this does this and this does that. And you're going to want to make sure you do this and then wait 24 hours and then do that. It was so good. Very refreshing. I like that. But there are still too many careers out there that are basically exclusive to either the male or female gender. 98.8% of preschool and kindergarten teachers in America are female. Let me say that again. 98.8% of preschool and kindergarten teachers in America are women. Other jobs that are more than 90% female-dominated? Medical records specialist child care worker, speech language pathologist. Then there's dental hygienists, skin care specialists, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. secretaries, mm-hmm. nutritionists, cosmetologists. What about guys? 99.7% of brick masons and stone masons are male. There's almost no women anywhere In that industry at all. And there's almost no guys doing dental hygiene and nutritionists and cosmetologist stuff. Is that the way it should be? Or should we be encouraging Uh, more men to go into cosmetology and more women to go into brick masonry? See, I mean, I think it's I think that there are several women that are that would want to go into some of the fields that you mentioned for men and some men that would want to. But there's always going to be hesitation with some of them. And I'll bring up one of them in particular. You're going to have people hesitant to put their young children in care with males just because they are naturally not as comfortable with young children around males than female. And that's shitty to hear. But I it think is shitty to hear. It's wow. shitty to hear. Is that real? I can tell you for sure in the baby. So not necessarily in the daycare, in the, in the daycare, early childhood education, kindergarten world. I can't tell you that. But I can tell you when it comes to babysitting and child care. Less people want males. 
You don't get to pick your kid's teacher, though. No, no, no. When it comes to teacher, I think that's totally different. Like for me, but can, but keep in mind, um, I think that the comfort level, the comfort level, level is different for parents with young kids around males than it is with females. And I think that that will maybe possibly never change. I don't see it changing personally. There's a lot of uh, people who need help on the toilet, for example. And for some reason, a lot of people have are fine with the fact that they're going to be helped by the female, but they're not okay with a male helping. And that's just the truth of what it is right now. Hmm. That's what I see. Other jobs that are more than 90%, sorry, other other jobs that are more than 90% male include heavy vehicle mechanic, crane and tower operators, auto body repairers, vehicle equipment mechanic, electrical power line installers, and HVAC workers. Honorable mention to electricians, carpenters, roofers, construction supervisors, and laborers and welders i uh i i don't know why in 2022 it's still like that i would have thought that there was many many more women interested in going into the trades if for no other reason than the consistent and well-paying jobs that are available and i also would have thought there was more guys that wanted to go into some of those fields that are a little more office-centric traditionally the female centric positions like cosmetology, skin care, uh, yeah. uh, child care, even. There's so many opportunities, and there's going to be way more opening up that if a guy wants to go into that field, I have to think there's opportunities. Or is there discrimination keeping people out of this? I can understand why some women don't want to go into the trades. Yeah, I mean, that's possible for, for both. I mean, you're going to get someone who, let's say, I make an appointment, oh, I want to go see a. You know, a dermatologist or I'm going to get my, you know, whatever, something done. And, oh, it's, you know, you'll be seen by this guy. Oh, I don't know. Do they know enough about it? Like there's that discrimination that will that will be there. Maybe linger for a while. I don't see that lasting long, though. But some of the fields I do, particularly child care and early childhood education. I the trades are unfortunate because there's so many females that would be willing to do it. And the only reason that they didn't was because they knew they'd have to go into school or training with a bunch of guys Mm -hmm. and they would feel left out, different, uncomfortable with that, which is so unfortunate because there are women who have done it and gone through it and they'll tell you it was fine. Like, it's actually not as bad as I think that we perceive it to be. I hope more females get into the trades. I mean, those are great jobs. If my daughters told me one day they wanted to get into any one of the trades, I'd be like, awesome, Mm -hmm. go do it. Good hands-on experience on on whatever it is. You make good money. It's consistent and depending on what you're talking about, right? But that is unfortunate to hear. I'm not surprised. There's a lot of programs they put into place. I'm not sure about males to those predominantly female jobs, but for the females who want to get into trades, I know there's a lot of programs for young people, for example, where you can experience it or see it almost like a co-op before you really hit an internship or apprenticeship, sorry, in those Mm -hmm. areas. So I think that's great. We need more of that, I think. Maybe that would that would make people more likely to do it because I think that that gender thing stops people from trying. Is it okay ever to discriminate based on sex? That's a question that came up not even that long ago. We had a conversation similar. What if all of the the doctors were women? 
Would guys be okay with, I think guys would always be okay with going to a female doctor. It's women that have a hard time going to a male doctor, or that used to be a stereotype. Do you think that's still the case, or are people more open to that? I think some people are still not as open to it. They want to, a guy, a guy might want to see a guy, for example, because they feel like, oh no, I don't want a woman to see this or that, when they truly don't care. It's their job. They've seen a lot of whatever it is you're about to show them, they've seen it. And they all went to the same school, they by the all, way. They all, that's right. Um, so in that area, area i could see that happening another good one is uh rmts rmts that's a good example of some person might not be comfortable with a man a man for example oh i don't want a guy masseuse you know a a female might say i don't want a guy masseuse i think that's an area where it's harder for men as well interesting okay I, i mean i'm just trying to figure out is this in 2022 is this something we should all stand up to and say this is unacceptable women should be able to do those male jobs and men should be able to do those female jobs But there is still some discrimination, and it's there. It's in specific industries like the ones we just mentioned. But clearly, uh, when it comes to the gender divide, there's still some more work to do. Uh, Off topic, but before we start talking about cooling us down, do you think that there are some people out there, I guess they'd be mediums or psychics, that can actually communicate with the dead you can say yes no or not sure what was the okay so i'm gonna go with not sure if i have to pick one of them really but what was that show what was that the medium the medium that was on television all the time what's the fucking name i only know miss cleo and those late night infomercials (laughs) call me now for your free tarot reading (laughs) yeah yeah she was fantastic yes um yeah so i like to can I just say, and this is very X-Files of me, anyone who's a fan of X-Files knows, I want to believe. Hmm. I'm not sure I do, but I want to. New poll asked people if they think there are people amongst us that can communicate with the dead. 45% said no. 30, 30% said yes, there are people out there that can communicate with the dead. And 25% that say they aren't sure. Young adults tend to be believers, whereas those older, 65 and up, less likely to believe that's true. Hmm. But in order for this to be real, in order for 30% to believe it, and for another 25% to think, I don't know for sure, but they're open to the possibility, that means there's over 50% that believe there's something after death. Some way, whether you're in a parallel universe, or you're in traditional heaven or hell, or wherever it is you go... That you still are there as you hmm. able to communicate with those that are still here. Does that number surprise you at all? Or Very much so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know what to think about what happens next, but I, I think there's people out there that think they can communicate with the dead. Whether yeah. or not they actually can all depends on whether or not the dead are able to communicate. I don't know that they can. Right. And even if, okay, it's going to get real deep. If you die, are you still you? I mean, you're you, but yeah. are you still you that lived in in Brantford and had brown hair and right. green eyes and, and drove a Chevy and had a couple of kids? Is that still you or are you just something completely different? Well, that's when you go into the topic of consciousness and what is consciousness, right? And, and What is have, consciousness? This is the Kat? thing, though, that because, that, well, this is what people have been studying for many years, and there's very interesting documentaries on it, and I wish I remember the name of it. There's one in particular on Netflix I watch. It's actually a series. Only watch the first episode if you guys stumble upon it, because the rest is kind of meh. 
But the very first episode of this particular series focused on consciousness and what happens to us after we die. Because, you know, you've heard of all the light in the tunnel and I saw something and blah, blah, blah. There's been studies on this, countless studies for many years, because they've seen people who have, you know, died, but come back to life. But they could tell you what was happening in the room when they died. So then you figure, how can you figure out what was happening in the room? And they felt as though they were above themselves or below. So what is our conscious? Where does it lie? Does it just lie in our body until we're dead? And then, but our consciousness still does float around there. That's one theory, right? There's many. And I'm not saying I necessarily believe it, but I do find it interesting. And to go to your point of who are you when you, are you still that person here? It's whatever's in our consciousness that actually that some people believe exists after the fact not obviously not our physical being anymore but whatever our consciousness is same reason why you might have someone in a coma for example that or particularly maybe even they think is brain dead still able to do some functions they believe the consciousness is there again you may think this is bullshit maybe you would believe or look into it a little further go ahead if it interests you it's almost dizzying trying to think of all the possibilities sure for all you know you're on your eighth or tenth tour of duty here yeah on and i would have no idea maybe you were the queen of england before this so, who knows that's what some people believe deja vu vu's really are scott it's just like i'm feeling of i've been here before or i've seen this before because you kind of had a glimpse into it in your past life you know Known that you have known that you were going to do this. So how could they ever unlock, because it, it would be a different brain, but it's all part of the soul. At, how can they unlock your memories that are from another world, if this is true? Or if you're dead, how can you remember that? I, I guess there's no way to do it, is there? I, oh, fuck, this is where we're going. This is where we go too deep, and I have to tap out, because I don't know. Yeah, it makes my head spin I don't even have a theory. Some of it is so deep, like you can't even begin to have a theory on it. But there's people out there that literally, this is their life. Their life is just trying to figure out what happens after we die. And there's very interesting theories out there. I'd like to congratulate the people at Uproxx who have done a very good job over the years at doing their taste tests. And they get a bunch of people together, blind taste test. Let's answer a question once and for all. Like, where are the best burgers? Where are the best fries? They're good at that sort of shit. So before I tell you the results of their latest, let me just read you the the premise to this article. Starbucks iced coffee menu is all sorts of fucked up. Cold brews with cream, nitro cold brews, iced Americanos, iced coffee, shaken espresso, iced flat white, iced lattes, cold macchiatos. There really should be some sort of reward for figuring out new ways to fill their menu with what is essentially the same thing over and over and over again, but charging you different amounts of money for it. What kind of sick game are you playing, Starbucks? <laughs> so what they did was they brought their team in, blind taste test, every cold drink on the menu. And this is a good service because I feel like I want to be cold drink guy. I drink a hot drink every day, mm -hmm. 365 days a year. But yesterday was hot, for example. I could have very easily gone for an iced flat white, although I didn't even know that was a thing until That's I read amazing. this article today. But I don't know any of the iced drinks. And even iced coffee, I'm kind of like, so that's just the regular coffee, but cold. But yeah. no, apparently there's more to it. And then I can't wrap my mind around yeah. that. Why? It, iced tea is not just cold tea. There's more to it. It's, it's overwhelming is what the truth of it. And Starbucks is taking some heat for a couple of things lately. And I'm definitely not going to hate on them at all. But the menu is so vast. And you feel as a consumer walking through the door, I don't want to take up anyone's time and ask them a million questions about a million items. So I'll just go with what I know. And that's what a lot of us end up doing. We see all these like you know, grande thingy frappa thingies. And we're like, I don't know what that is. I'm just going to order a coffee. 
Can I just get that? So it can be overwhelming. So this is definitely a great service, I think. So what I'm going to do is if you want to be cold drink person, but you don't even know where to start, and maybe you're not even into the whole Starbucks lingo, I can tell you that Starbucks, their drinks, their hot ones are for the most part great. Not necessarily great for you, but they taste delicious. You can be cold drink person too. I'm going to give you their top 10 based on their blind taste tests. The number one cold drink is the iced pistachio latte that got the best reviews in mm. the blind taste test. Okay. Their hot pistachio beverage, which is a weird thing to say, but don't they have like one around Christmas or something too? That's like the hot version of that. That's quite popular. Yeah. Okay. But it's thick. Good. Oh yeah. Number two, iced toasted vanilla oat milk shaken espresso. How the fuck is anybody going to remember that? See, that's that? the, it's overwhelming. And I all want the an words. iced toasted vanilla oat milk shaken espresso. I don't, it's too many words. That's my only beef. I can't say it all. And you guys wonder why I, people just get comfortable with double-double. And I, I, I fuck it up, right? And then you feel like an idiot at the drive, even if you're in the drive-thru, wherever you are, and you're just like, can I get the can I get the thing with, the, oh, you mean this? Like, yeah, that's just, thank you for understanding what I mean. Iced brown sugar, oat milk, shaken espresso. Reserve iced dark chocolate mocha. Iced cinnamon dolce latte. I've had the warm cinnamon dolce latte, and it's pretty fucking good. So I can't even imagine what the cold version's like. Then they go. This is the rest of the top ten. Iced white chocolate mocha. Reserve cold brew. Iced cafe mocha. Iced blonde vanilla latte. Salted caramel cream cold brew. If you go into a Starbucks, and and you can just save this episode if you want. If you go into a Starbucks... Starbucks and say any of those words, something good is going to appear on the counter. Now, I don't know what it's going to cost you, but something <laughs> is going to show up and your name will be written on the cup. <laughs> and it'll apparently taste great, according to the blind taste testers. By the way, that's a great gig. Not all of them, by the way. Dead last on the list, and it's probably the one that I would have ordered just trying to get into the ice drink market, the iced Americano. Oh. They say it's barely drinkable. It tastes like rainwater filtered through a potted plant. Oh my God, that is horrible. This drink has no redeeming qualities. They don't have espresso good enough to make an iced Americano work. Whoa, whoa, that's harsh. If you're not a Starbucks junkie and all of these items sounded like a foreign language, well, some of them are hard to keep straight even for pants. So simply take this menu with you to Starbucks and try all 10 until you find one that you like. And, and keep in mind, the good thing about the thing I love about Starbucks it, in compared to like a, a Tim Hortons, I'm just going to throw a Tim Hortons out there because it's a popular chain. So I roll into a uh, Starbucks and I say, hey, I want any number of those, but give me the sugar-free Dolce cinnamon latte, please. Okay. They'll do it with a smile. What other modifications do you need? Great. Let's do all the, whatever, you, whatever you need you got. And I feel happy, fine about doing the mods on some of these things. But then like you go to a Tim's and their iced coffee, for example, comes with a base. For those that don't know, it's just like a base coffee and it's got a ton of creamer. It's got a ton of sugar in it. So you have to ask for no base. And the second I'm like, can you, no base though. It's like, okay. <laughs> and what do you want instead of the base? Like, you know, just like, uh, I'll, I'll put my own stuff in it. It's fine. Just, just the, the regular as is, Right. But that's what I like about Starbucks is you can do any number of those those ones that Scott mentioned. And I would probably try it as is. But even if you're watching your calories or your sugar content, you can make mods. And they are happy to do it. That's what I love about Starbucks. You know what I tried this weekend? What? White Claw. You had never had a... What is this? 
2018? You've I, never had a White Claw before? No, I'm an adult. I had never... Well, White Claw's just okay, a party boomer. drink. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a seltzer. Yeah, it's really nice and light. Low carb. Did you like it? No. What flavor did you oh, have, sorry. though? Because that matters. Okay, I did like it. I had... A, it was a sampler pack, so there was like 24, and you got like six of each. Oh, you so, went right for the two for it. Yeah. Good for you. Well, I had people coming over, and the sure, pool's open. Yeah. So I wanted something that was low That's carb, nice. low sugar, that I can put out if people come over. But I'd never had one. So I tried a watermelon, a raspberry, a lemon, which was trash, just awful. And some of them are trash. That's yeah. the truth. Yeah. And I forget what the other one was, like a raspberry or something. Uh, they were okay. I don't understand what all the hype was about, but I can see why people like them. I, I wouldn't necessarily like fucking kick a puppy or run somebody over for it like people seem to be doing when they first came out but they were good overall yeah. so I'm glad I've got some in my fridge there's a lot of different brands which is great I mean I try, I've tried them all and I'll tell you Socialite don't bother that's a that's a different kind of seltzer none of their flavors are really that good sorry Socialite uh, but well, they don't sponsor anyway no they don't fuck them uh, Landshark has a good seltzer actually really good there's some flavors but some flavors it just tastes like fucking plastic you know what I mean like some of the flavors are so artificial that it tastes like you're licking a the side of a water bottle like it doesn't even fucking matter so I, I would recommend definitely shopping around a bit once you find that flavor you like it's good but some seltzers are hit and miss that's a good thing that you mentioned and we're out of time but we'll make this quick i want something strawberry flavored to taste like strawberries not like strawberry flavor never does i want something <laughs> I that tastes like watermelon not like watermelon flavor. And right. there's a big difference between the flavor of watermelon and watermelon flavor. Right. And that's when you run into, well, then you create a recipe and you add a seltzer to a thing. But that's not the point of having a ready-made thing in a can. Yeah, and we've all got ready- a soda stream. You Fuck know what off. It, like, and we can all do that, right? Like, we can all sit there and we can make a concoction that we, we want. I hear what you're saying. I'm so sick of a lot of these artificial flavors. And sometimes you just know by the outside and what it says. It's like coconut, lime, you know, Peach berry. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? This is not going to taste like any of those fruits that you just mentioned. They're just making up word combos at this point. It's just like a bunch of gobbledygook. And some of it does taste good. Fine. They've managed to figure it out. And it tastes just like that fruit it's supposed to taste like. And it's light. Others, absolute garbage. Two things in less than two minutes. A group of Christian, Hindu, Buddhist, and Jewish leaders in America are now calling on Starbucks to stop charging extra for vegan milk alternatives. The Interfaith Coalition says the practice amounts to a tax on people who have embraced plant-based lifestyles. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Starbucks did not immediately respond to comment. I see it both ways. You shouldn't have to pay more if I want dairy, but I don't want dairy. You know, I want like a cashew milk instead of this milk or whatever. I get it because that's your preference and maybe beyond just a preference. Maybe it's something religious or whatever. Uh, uh, allergy restrictions. I get it. Sure. But it also comes at an added cost to Starbucks. It's a lot more expensive to have whatever soy milk on hand than it is just to have regular 2%. Is it still though? Because well, it's more expensive at the grocery store. I don't find it to be that much more expensive now. And maybe that's because the market is so competitive when it comes to your almond milks and your cashews and your milkadamias and all the other shit that you can get now. Milkadamia. Milkadamia is a brand. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's made of macadamia nut. No, it's made of macadamia nut. It's quite good. But all of those, well, it's kind of nutty, but I'm not like a big fan of too nutty. It's got to be like a nice smooth. But I find that that market is so competitive now that if you go into a grocery store that stocks up a lot of those, 
that's where you find the good prices. And you'll always find at least one on sale. So I do argue, and, and the price of milk has gone up. Has anyone else noticed? I think we've all noticed the price of everything's gone up. Huge. So when you look at that, sometimes I do question that because the price of the whole milk someone might use in their latte compared to over here with what almond. I mean, I'm, again, I'm not a fan. I wouldn't use that in my drink, but I would say that I don't see a big discrepancy. I see a difference in certain things. Absolutely. If someone wants like whipping cream in something, we all know that's more expensive than a regular milk, for example. But I'm seeing a lot of it being a little on the same scale here. It all depends, I, I assume. But uh, that's one of the things I was mentioning that Starbucks is in the news for. Are they doing that in Canada is my question. I'm not even sure if they're doing that here. This was an interfaith coalition in America that okay. petitioned Starbucks USA. Okay. I'm really not sure about Canada. I'm unsure too because, I, again, I don't get it. But it's interesting. Last thing I want to mention, and just because it's a great cause and a nice story, there's a distillery in Edmonton that's going to start bottling the flavor of a popular campfire treat for a great cause. Hansen Distillery, H-A-N-S-E-N, Google it if you're interested in this. Hansen Distillery is launching S'more Than a Feeling Cream Liqueur. Oh, that's getting people's attention. They attempted to get the texture of a marshmallow, the taste of a graham cracker, and the aftertaste of chocolate all in a liqueur form. <laughs> a portion of the proceeds for every bottle sold is going to be get is going to get a seven-year-old boy who has autism, a service dog. Oh, I love it. The distillery also set up a GoFundMe and they're accepting donations at the till. So again, it's Hanson Distillery, H-A-N-S-E-N. If you would like to try something new and support a great cause, like a child who needs a service dog and can't afford it, then go on their website and order some liquor. I love that for many different reasons. First of all, even if you're not one to have a liqueur, buy some for somebody with. That's a great gift throughout the summer. You want to bring like a, a nice cold bottle of liqueur. You're doing something really good for a great cause or just donate. That's awesome. When you mentioned what they attempted to do with it, the texture of marshmallow, slight taste of graham cracker and aftertaste of chocolate. I don't know why I instantly thought of like Willy Wonka in the cho- like inside that. Cho- <laughs> I thought of them inside the chocolate factory, like mastering this this uh, liqueur. But I love everything about that. That's fantastic. Thanks for sharing that. The only red flag I see here is for some reason, even though it's all the same country, we have borders at the edge of each province. And in some cases, you're not allowed to import or export alcohol in and out of your province. So that might be a red flag. But you know what? Honest to God, if you want to order that and support a great cause and anybody raises a red flag about, oh, you're in Ontario and imported Alberta booze. Please bring that right to me because well, we will make such a big deal. Out you of guys don't care about kids with who have who need service dogs. You're just a deplorable human and we'll make it known. <laughs> 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 They're against kids having service dogs they need. Tonight is the Ontario leaders debate. It is Ford, Del Duca, Horvath and Schreiner. It almost sounds like a sports Fine. starting lineup, right? <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that tomorrow. And if anything good comes out of it, we'll play some audio. Have a fantastic Monday, everybody. You're almost there. The long weekend is around the corner. Bye-bye. Rich Strike, the 80-to-1 long shot horse that just won the Kentucky Derby, is skipping the next race in the Triple Crown and coming back for the third race. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, there's nothing more relatable than exercising for two minutes and then taking a month off. That's the only- <laughs> The makers of Barbie have introduced the first ever Barbie with hearing aids. It teaches an important lesson. It doesn't matter if you're deaf as long as that body banging. <laughs>
Southwest Airlines is spending $2 billion to upgrade their planes with faster Wi-Fi, charging ports, and larger overhead bins. Yep. Meanwhile, not to be outdone, Spirit Airlines is adding windows. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it.